Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's week two of our second season of Teen Wealth Radio, and I'm really, really excited. Uh, We're missing our co-host Kevin Friesen because he's currently flying home to Canada, and he's landing in Hong Kong at some point uh, on a layover, but we have some of my favorite people on Earth in the room with us. We've got Grant, our financial guru. Hello. Hi, Hi. (laughs) nice to see you, nice to hear you. I'm in Penticton, where it's a little smoky here because all the forest fires, but... um, it's still beautiful, and I'm happy to be here. Awesome. We're happy to have you back for season two. We're really excited, so thanks well, for joining thank us again. Oh, and of welcome. course, Mr. DIY himself, you and Cameron's in the house. Hi, that's me. <laughs> How are you doing this year? Oh, lovely. That's lovely. It's a good year. That's good. And we have a really special person that's in the room as well who's got a little stage fright for radio, but it's okay. She may just smile, and you can probably feel her smile through the radio because she's so awesome. It's Ewan's girlfriend, Bronwyn. You mean fiancé. <laughs> oh, sorry, fiancé. Yeah, sorry, fiancé. They're officially engaged now. See, she's here. <laughs> um, we're, we didn't really pick a theme for this show because we know a lot of you out there listening don't know us as people yet. We got to discuss a lot of tough topics last season, things like mental health, depression, eating disorders, and then some fun stuff too, like entrepreneurship, setting goals, setting dreams, and living the life of your dreams. But uh, we want you guys to know, because we have 51 more shows coming up over the next year, kind of who we are as people, that we wake up, we put our pants on one leg at a time, and we've gone through the same struggles that you might be going through right now, uh, back when we were in high school. We're all a little bit older than you guys, not that much older, but uh, we still have that youthful spirit to us. And we're just going to kind of talk about things that matter and things that uh, young people want to talk about. Uh, yeah, so welcome to episode two, season two. Uh, sorry Kevin can't be with us, but I don't know. I just uh, wanted to talk about some stuff that matters. So I went out onto the street and I started talking to young people over the last few weeks and saying kind of, What really matters to you? And what are we going to talk about over the next season? And some of the big things that we want to focus on are education. Um, We want to educate people about things that you can't really see. One of our guests that's coming up, she struggles with epilepsy. Um, She has horrific seizures. If she's in a moving car, uh, they get really badly triggered. If she's on a bus and she can't sit down, Uh, those epileptic fits are triggered. She did a TED talk last year and I got to meet her and she talked about kind of trying to overcome that, but the stigma behind that, because you can't see someone who has epilepsy. And so when she's 16 and looks at someone on the bus and says, can I have your seat? They look at her like she's crazy or rude or something like that, but that's not the case. So we're going to focus on educating about things that we don't really understand, silent struggles that people have, so that maybe next time you see someone and and naturally we have the tendency to judge people just because we're human. Um, Maybe we'll have a little bit more compassion and understanding because we never know what the other person's going through. Have you guys, any of you ever um, kind of encountered that where you kind of took a first judgment of someone and then you had to step back and maybe kick yourself a little bit because you realized uh, you maybe shouldn't have said something or shouldn't have prejudged? I had had that this week. 
Okay. I was uh, working on that passenger train that you and I uh, both work on, on mm-hmm. the uh, Rocky Mountaineer. And I was downstairs in the dining galley and in charge of seating everybody. And so it gets quite contentious as people are very weird and awkward when they are in forced into groups. And so people often travel in couples. And, uh, and then they have to be forced to sit with new couples or singles and such. And it can be very weird if, uh, about people they sit with and such, uh, and the great unknown. And after the first seating of breakfast, when I had this group come down for lunch, one of them came down early and said, don't sit me with the same people as last time. And I remembered who it was. And it was a, a rather large man who had just a weird body posture to him and expression so I didn't know what he was like but it started to give me judgments on him and I had those judgments the entire two days that uh, I was sitting him down and giving meal services and figured that this guy was basically I don't know how to put it like almost like a uh, a dead weight of a, of a fun person to be with and maybe it was a little bit weird or such until the last service near near the end of the service around dessert and I was clearing tables and I heard that I just come into someone's conversation he was talking about how he uh he has still has nightmares about his motorcycle accident but not about the plane crash and so this guy survived a plane crash and what must be a horrific motorcycle accident which probably is why he has a larger than average body and weird body posture and everything else to go around him and maybe even self-esteem or any sort of other stuff he could be handling and so it was just incredible and i really wanted to try and stick around to kind of hear the story but of course I had work to do and didn't want to be friendly nosy about it but it was just that was one of those things was like oh this makes so much more sense learning about someone because in our job what we do we meet people we have to try and learn about them so fast and uh yeah that was something where I spent two days thinking something else because of the first thing I had been given an information about about the guy and then at the end I was like wow this guy is probably amazing to talk to yeah absolutely Anybody else got any time that they've experienced that at all? Yeah, I was just going to say when when I was growing up as a visible minority, um, at times there'd be bullies, uh, racists, and and stuff like that. And you, you would take them for face value um, because all you get from them is the words they're saying or the actions. Um, but then when you find out a lot of the times more about their actual life and and the situations that they've gone through. It's because they've either been abused themselves or um, had situations in their life that they've been influenced by people that weren't giving them the proper information, education, sort of thing. So, so it, it was very interesting because after a while, once you hear, when I've heard a few of these stories and get to know these people and they get to know you as well, then all of a sudden these, these walls and these obstacles um, are overcome and all of a sudden it's just like a sudden kind of, um, okay, why am I fearing or why am I doing this sort of reaction? Rather than trying to fight them, it's more to understand and, and sometimes see the values that they have and see, of course, why they might be doing certain things as opposed to sort of um, um, just uh, reacting on those actions. And so you said you kind of started to figure out that they were coming with these insults or things from their own insecurities? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. I've always found quite, in the last at least 15 years or so, I've been able to not take insults personally, probably because of the same reason you are, are saying so too, because I've started to get to know myself and know who I am. That can be really hard, at least when you're a teenager, to exactly 
define yourself. And so if people call you names, you might think that they're giving observations because all you've been doing is going to school and learning from our parents and taking others' observations to kind of help define how we're living. And then if these jerks call you names and stuff or observe something or make a judgment out loud to you, you kind of agree with it. I think that probably has to do with, uh, with um, not to do anything, but it's probably helps once you just start to find out more who you are. And I don't know if any of you have a quick idea of how to, to deflect those. But for me, if someone calls me a name and I know I'm not it, it no longer hurts my feelings anymore. And when I see people, even adults, get insulted and someone calls them you know, a name or something like that and they, they get really upset about it, I'd be like, well, why are you so upset if you know that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of any insults I can say right now on radio. <laughs> I can I mean I can tell you an insult that I got I've been six foot tall 200 pounds with frizzy red hair since I was 13 years old so one of the kids used to call me Chewbacca because I was taller and hairier than anybody else in the school and that was probably not the nicest thing to be called but I learned how to make a Wookiee noise and I had fun with it and I just I figured I don't care because these guys are these the world is so small in high school the 200 people in your grade and the thousand people in your school feel like that's your entire world but if you go to another high school or another district or anywhere else nobody's even heard of those bullies so they're just regular people and I just kind of let it wash off like that and and every bully that ever picked on me in school they were the ones that once I found out more about them I found out that they were the ones that were being beaten at home or being neglected or being uh, one of the girls that I wanted to be her friend so bad because she was super cool. And I, we ended up becoming friends over something really small. And she ended up coming over to my house almost every day after work. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. She's the most popular girl in school. I get to hang out with a super popular chick. And then I would notice bruises on her. And we became really, really, really good friends. And she never wanted to go home. And I realized that her dad was beating her every time she went home. So I thought that this girl who was perfect looking and well at least what I thought in high school perfect looking and who was super popular and and was kind of a little bit of a bully to some of the not so popular ones she was just really struggling with what was going on at her home so I mean yeah we just never know yes exactly do you think she so was she doing these behaviors of bullying and stuff to deflect anyone accusing her of stuff almost as a counter defense or first strike she rather than before anyone can try and get to the what she wanted to hide she was that's where that's where her source of bullying came from or just a pattern behavior or a bit of both i don't yeah i don't know i mean she could be repeating how her parents treated her or she could just be trying to deflect things what do you think grant well like yeah i guess there's every person could be a little bit different but a lot of times i think there's so much tension built up because um, with our parents we don't have much control so when they're putting all these conditions and making us feel very um, like we're, we're helpless, um, then you go to school and you're like, wow, I can actually be in control of somebody and make somebody else hurt, mm-hmm. right? It's almost a way of, of getting some satisfaction back that you actually have some power. You're not powerless, mm-hmm. which is a very sad way of doing stuff. And you see that in business. You see that, you, you see that in anything around the, you know what I mean? That's, that's part of the world. doesn't matter what age you are. And, and it's, um, it's very, um, and, it, and I guess the biggest thing is realizing that you're going to go through that all through your life in different ways and different things. 
I feel like we have some interesting opinions around the table and we do have to go to commercial break very shortly but when we come back we'll keep on this discussion and it's kind of funny because I wanted to talk about parenting and being a parent and dealing with your own parents when you're younger when we come back so for anyone out there if you want to give us a call you can call 1-855-866-TEEN that's 1-855-866-8336 or you can shoot me off an email the email will be in the uh, commercials in between Uh, we'll be back shortly Uh, can't wait to join you all again Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hey you. Yeah you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Do you long to have a better love life? Relationships can be hard, but throw sexual problems into the mix, and it's almost impossible to keep that close connection you want to have. Colette Milan, sex and relationship therapist, has been there. She will give you sound advice to turn your libido back on and bring the love back into your lovemaking. Tune in to Making Love with Colette Milan every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Well, you know what would be really cool is if we could get one of those high school mean girls on the radio show, but I, they're probably all too afraid. They're, they're, you know, they If they can't bully anybody, they're probably too chicken to speak up and say anything and talk about when they were a mean girl. I wish we had one here. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. Very funny, Ewan. Well, Dee, do you have some, some thoughts on, on what we've been talking about? Uh, I just, I disagreed a little bit about, you know, some of the the reasons. I felt like a lot of what you guys were saying was really positive and really nice. But being a mean girl myself... Um, I have to say that it's not, a lot of it is really having to put on a tough exterior because home doesn't work Mm -hmm. and you don't want anyone to know because there's also like an element of shame. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not necessarily about judging others. It's about not letting them judge you. Mm -hmm. It's about letting them like almost fear you or want to be near you or want to be popular so that it doesn't matter who you are because you've been deemed cool. So if there's somebody out there that's putting that on, what do you have any advice for them? 
it only it's only time yeah time is what it is because like at you just it's about growing up realizing things if you have the maturity to realize things earlier it's a blessing mm-hmm. but if you are just going through the motions like most teenagers it is going to be it's going to stay the course until high school is done and it's going to stay the course until you're 25 and at 25 you're going to have a quarter life crisis and at 30 you're going to wake up and think oh this is great yeah it t- took me to 32 <laughs> yeah exactly like you wake up 30 and you're like oh no like I know who I am now that's great I love it <laughs> But until that time, everything is going to be so dramatic and so emotional and home is going to suck and your mother's going to be frustrating and your dad's going to be the worst. And that's just, that's, it's par for the course of being somebody growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got really lucky because I had four parents. My parents divorced when I was two, both remarried, and all four of them had really wacky ways of bringing me up and opinions and things like that. So I got to learn the good and the bad from four different people <laughs> instead of two. That was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you, th- that kind of goes back to like when we're talking about um, disabilities. I, I mean, you're having shitty parents could be a disability, but nobody sees that. And I don't know if it's harder to have an, a disability or an ability that people see or one that's unseen. I mean, if you are, I don't know, like if you're born without an arm, everybody sees that. Then they prejudge you. But then if you're acting funny because you have parents that are abusing you at home, people don't know that. And so they judge you in a different way. So I don't know if it's easier or harder. I think we all just are going through some really hard shit sometimes. And it takes a long time. It's exactly like you said, B. Just it takes time. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm 32 now. I I think I have pretty good self-esteem. But there's still days when I look in the mirror and I just go, ugh. You're still fat, you're still ugly, your teeth are still crooked, your hair is too frizzy. And then I go out and volunteer and help a young person who's struggling far much more than me. And that's how I overcome my personal stuff. I don't, I don't know. Do, have you guys ever, is there something that you do to kind of overcome those self-doubt things that happen <laughs> on the day-to-day? Yeah, I beat people up in sports. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I played volleyball last night and knocked over about seven, I knocked over girls on my team seven times getting that ball. Yeah. Hey, who's the bully now? <laughs> uh, I, w- I mean, I wasn't doing that on purpose, and I mean, they knew it too, and that's how it goes. They moved out of the way more than they had to, but no, I was just, I don't know why we're talking about the bullying of the volleyball, but um, <laughs> I, I, I get it out through sports. I, I compete, and I just get aggression and frustration all out, and uh, I think B can tell me can tell you the times when I'm not playing sports, she knows. Worst, worst <laughs> human. Like, just like, no. I'm like, can you go, like, do something? Like, go go do a football. Go do a sports thing. Like, I can't deal mm-hmm. with you right now. Be sportsy. Mm-hmm. Go. Yeah. Was that your outlet in high school, too? Like, did you have you always just been a sports guy, and that's how you dealt with frustrations? You, I never really knew I was dealing with frustrations until you let me know. Because, I mean, I played eight sports in high school, so I guess I was calm as a Hindu cow at that time. And... <laughs> didn't really didn't really matter too much and there's just always been sports in my life more or less and I'm generally I think a calm guy but I mean when I'm when I'm testy it's not fun to be around sure. what about you Grant do you have an outlet or did you when you were a teen for for when you were struggling with whatever it be whether it was racism towards you or whatever is there was there something that helped you kind of push past that or yeah I was always active in sports whether it was um, team sports and then I got in more involved in individual sports, um, and then the weightlifting, and just really the get that adrenaline going and that satisfaction and seeing those results. Um, 
But yes, it's such a, the stress, it never gets a chance to build up when you're constantly getting those endorphins from the exercises and, and stuff like that and, and eating healthy. It plays such a stronger role because it's, it's helping you get stronger and more confident from the outside, um, from the inside all the way out. And I have noticed, um, and my wife has let me know in the last few years when I haven't been going to the gym, right? Like people start to think, you know, first usually about the physical side effects, but yeah, she's let me know. And I realize too, it's the mental part, the stress It's it's the, and that it's, easier for a partner to see that usually than yourself you're the sort of the last one to see so yes it's very important to be always active yeah i think you and i suffered from from the same thing that's uh sounds pretty pretty accurate well not to mention that all the physical activity can also really battle depression yes right like it's not even just stress it actually like can calm a lot of other demons that you may not know you have Um, Like for myself, I admittedly suffer from some depression, especially in the winters, but just sort of all around, I had a very interesting way of growing up. And I found that in my life, my entire family kind of suffers from depression in one way or another, uh, which was interesting. And I find that when I do things that are physical, which are P.S. my least favorite things, uh, it actually helps me keep it like a solid mind, which is nice, instead of spiraling into something so lame that I just I just want to Netflix and chill, and not because I need to chill, mm-hmm. but because I'm ignoring the, the world. <laughs> so, yeah, there's so much you can do with sports and everything else, but mostly weightlifting. It'll help aggression in a big way. Oh, yeah? Or hiking. Yeah. I have learned, <laughs> because let me just say, like, since Ewan has made me come on the show today uh a year ago Ewan decided that I needed to go hiking and I just everyone should know I'm more of an indoor cat and he's definitely the outside guy and so I went and instead of spending 150 on a new eye cream I spent 150 dollars on what we can call my relationship shoes and uh those are hiking yeah those are hiking boots uh they're useless. That was a terrible purchase. Listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> he took me into the woods. He said we were going for a walk. This He failed to mention the walk was like uphill the whole time. I was so mad. I have actually never burnt so many angry calories in my entire life. I was furious. He's like, this isn't even fun for me. I was like, I told you not to bring me. But yet, at the end of it, for me, oh my gosh, I was so pleasantly exhausted. It was amazing. Yet, Ewan had so much new pent-up energy that he had to get rid of because he had to put up with me all day. So then I went and played sports. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny that you brought up hiking because I was just hiking with my cousin this morning. And we went hiking for the first time uh, last week. And my cousin and I were close when we were kids, like all of us were. But, I mean, he's older now. He's got kids. And... And unfortunately, two weeks ago, he attempted to take his life. And he ended up uh, posting on Facebook about it because he's got three young kids and he's been struggling with depression for a long time. But his family's gone through a little bit of trauma lately. And so I said, okay, let's just go for a hike. Let's just go talk. And so we went for a hike last week. And he's just like, gosh, it's been so long since I've just been doing something that's for me and in the woods because he's raising three kids and trying to take care of his wife and be a good guy. But he's uh, taken stress leave and he's taking a month or two off just to try and kind of find his inner child again and find his happiness. So we uh, start we're going hiking now every week and we don't talk about too much, but he brings up the stuff he needs to talk about. And at the end, he's like, oh, I just feel a little bit better. I'm able to look around at nature and just 
actually enjoy something because when you're depressed, really depressed, not just sad, you, you, you just can't enjoy anything. Even if there's puppies playing in front of you, there's just no happiness in that. And there should always be happiness in puppies. <laughs> exactly. And I, I think, Brandy, you brought up a really good point. And it's so important to get a regular sort of routine of things. So you just put them in your day timer, put them in your schedule. So you're doing it at least once a week, twice a week, three times a week, but at least minimum once a week. And you just know it's coming and you just prepare yourself and you just take that time. And and because if you say, oh, yeah, once I'll, I'll go hiking when I get a chance. Well, when you get a chance, that might be a year later, might be two years later. Right. So it's it's plugging those regular scheduled uh, events in and doing them. That really counts. Yeah, I get. I, I know that works for for some people, and then I, like me, for example, what makes me happy is the fact that I have no routine at all. If you ask any of my family or friends, they all think I'm nuts because I wake up one day and I'm in China, the next day I'm in Brazil, the next day I'm hosting a radio show to try and help teenagers figure things out, and the next yeah. day I'm camping in the woods by myself with bear spray, praying to God a bear doesn't come attack me. I like for me, my, my lack of routine is what makes me happy because I just never know what cool thing might be behind the next door. But then I have a lot of friends that go that, that have so much going on in their life that if they don't schedule meditation and breaks and fun and hikes and, and time with friends, they, they lose themselves. And I know so many people look back and say, Oh, life flies by time flies by. I don't feel like it has flown by for me because I've just done so many kick-ass wicked things that I can look back on those. And it feels like I have a full and accomplished life. Even though if you ask my mother, my shortage of savings in my bank account, it should, (laughs) that's why you're here, Grant. (laughs) All the money tips and financial tips. I I mean, I've traveled all over the world and I'm only 32, but I have a a low number in my savings account. (laughs) (laughs) You have lots of time. So that's one of the biggest things is, is why you see, and it's, it's like a pattern of these, these, Parents with young kids, uh, the divorce rate and the suicide rate is quite high, the, the depression, because the kids, like I have two young kids myself, a one-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old, and, and so we're all of a sudden when you're spending all that time and energy now with the kids, unless you actually schedule that stuff, you can't be, you know, time goes by, three weeks, a month, two months, right? So it's really important that you schedule that in and make it work so you can create that lifestyle that's sustainable with your family and your and your health and your work. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I completely agree. Well, uh, we have to go to commercial in a few seconds, so I'm gonna kind of leave uh, everyone that's listening with a personal challenge. Do find something that maybe you do or that you should be doing that makes you happy that you maybe haven't done in a while and try and schedule it in for next week or today or tomorrow or this afternoon or whatever. And And if you like it, Maybe try and do it once a week or once a month. And if you don't, try something else. And it could be something totally wacky like a pottery class or going camping with a friend or whatever it is. Just just challenge yourself to try something new uh, that you love or just repeat something that you should have been doing all along that makes you happy. Uh, we're going to go to commercial break. Again, if you ever want to call in or talk to us, um, you can find us on Facebook at Global Teen Wealth. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Team Wealth Radio, or you can call one 855 We'll see you when we come back.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. What is your purpose? In the journey that we call life, our values are pre-programmed into us before we're born. During our lives, we pick up life's lessons and soul connections along the way. We explore this path on Soul Sessions with Solstice, featuring hosts Delana Davis and Rita McRae. Our program is designed to help you more confidently live from your heart and not just your head. Tune in live for Soul Sessions with Solstice every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to brandy at globalteenwealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. So, Grant, you're the only parent uh, currently that's on. Um, my fiancé has a four-year-old that I'm adopting, so I'm becoming a parent very shortly. Um, what, if, you're, if you're talking about, like, what, what one piece of advice might you give parents from kind of what you have learned um, as a as a as a son and then that you might want to pass on uh, to your kids when they're teenagers. And then, and then the, yeah. What about that? (laughs) I've got so many questions all of a sudden. (laughs) Yes. Well, I I think the biggest thing is, is connecting with your kids um, and just taking them in on an ongoing basis. And, and when babies are born now, they do this thing where um, especially if, if the um, mother is having a C-section, she's not able to, well, hold the baby maybe for a couple of uh, minutes or so, but assisted. And then she goes away to get sort of fixed up and, and stitched up um, because she's heavily medicated. And then what they typically do is they um, take the, uh, get the baby cleaned up and then go back to the room. So we go back to the room that we have for a night or two in the hospital. And they do this, um, um, it's like a one-on-one, like, what do they call it, where the baby's um, um, sort of just with the diaper on, but it's skin on skin, and just bonding. lying, yeah, bonding, and, it, and it's just the, the pheromones, the baby gets to, it's their first sort of hour in the real world, and, and they get to smell who their parents are, they're, they're lying there, they're, you know, they're cuddled, they're, they're warm because you put a blanket on them, and they're, they're sort of getting that bond, and, and it creates... Yeah, and it's such a strong bond, and, and you want to start that 
from from day one or whenever you so and you try to continue that because that bond is gonna um, as we know is it's such a rather than words and actions the bonding side is you know such a strong thing all the way through for for all of us in any relationship right so um, but for kids they need more of a direction than of course and, and, and they look up to you for a direction so the more you can bond with them and, and find out each individual characteristics because my two daughters they're totally different right like which is great but you you know we got you can't assume that this, the second one's going to be the same as the first you never know and they change too so it's about just connection and really sort of um, growing as they grow as well yeah, totally. <clears throat> what, how did your parents continue to foster the bond with you as you were a teenager? Did you ever rebel or anything like that and they kind of had to find some unique way or were you always a perfect, routine, well-organized child that you have grown into today? Yeah, I was more of the latter. Perfect, always, since day one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's uh, my parents remarried um you know, so I have four parents as well and, and stuff like that. So it's, um, and I was adopted too. So I actually have three mothers and one father. Um, so like I've had lots of different sort of um, um, that are alive right now. So, you know, I have lots of different influences in my in my life. Um, and it's, it's nice because I think um, my parents have sort of allowed me to grow um, and sort of not put too much pressure on me and then it allows me to sort of find my find my way and switch up things if I want to and and be able to sort of um, enjoy being able to just um, discover right but you know that they're there for support and I think that's the biggest thing is is knowing that you never know how your child is gonna what they're gonna do or or that's good or bad or, or whichever but it's just keep try to keep that bond in every situation because you know, as soon as the, there's no communication, that's what, from what I see, leads to dramatic changes in, in the course of relationships and then possibly in behaviors as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, okay, so if you could pick one thing from your parents that your parents did that you don't want to repeat, or a parent or something, you don't have to say which one, but is there something that you saw your parents do that you don't want to do as a father that you don't want to pass on? Yeah, I just say sometimes a strictness. Um, you know, my mother was that raised me was very strict. Um, for there's so many good things, but you know, sometimes it's just it's counterproductive. It it, it um, uh, you can't win. Try to win every battle, whether you're a parent or a, a kid, right? And and uh, when parents try to win every battle, then that creates so much friction. So I don't want to be that type of parent, but it makes it tough when you're when you're trying to figure out from time to time which battle should I make sure that I win and which one can I just blow off because they're just a child, right? So, so But you still have to act like you might be winning this, like they still have to know structure. Oh yeah, no, that's the thing is, is, is getting them so that they sort of, they can win that battle, but really it's overall you're winning the battle that it's, it's the overall game. structure, right? Yeah, it's a long game. Yeah. The kid can't know that they won, though, right? No, the kid thinks they won. They can't know you yeah. won. Yeah, it's a long game. Oh, I get, mm. it. I get it. And also, the way you're talking about, too, you're saying that rules aren't important as much as you think. Who, me? No, Grant. Okay, good, and you yeah. Were, you were agreeing. You were shaking your finger. Uh, I wagged my finger at you, Ewan, because... <laughs> 
you're the one I've heard your ideas of parenting thus far, and I uh, don't necessarily agree with all of them. Because? Because you want to exactly mimic your father, which you've also, as much as you love him, have talked about how that was not your favorite. Sometimes, yeah. Okay, so why would you repeat it? Well, because it's built a lot of strength and character. Yeah, but when I see you try and discipline your nieces, which aren't even your children, mm-hmm. I'm like, who do you think you is? Like, what are you doing right now? Like, like. Yeah, well, I mean, they run around like hippies. As so, they should. They live on an island. Uh, so, okay, if you and if I were to ask you, if there's one thing you want to repeat from, that you learn from your parents and one thing you definitely don't want to repeat that you learn from your parents, what would it be? Oh. So this is, there's a, there's a couple of things I'll say that I, I want to repeat, but then there's something about my dad that I don't want to repeat. Uh, my mom was super mom and was just fantastically supportive. She really organized her life around getting us out to be involved in as many things as we could, which looking back, I just didn't realize the sacrifice until I saw my sisters become parents and all, all the time and effort that's taken around raising children. I had no idea what I had demanded of my parents, in particular what my mom made happen. And my dad helped out with that too as well. Um, my dad had, a, in my opinion, like a really good example of like how to be a man's man. And where I found that I'd like to, to differ from him is to be a, a more of a, a father figure as well. And so him and I never really had any close discussions. He never really wanted to know any opinions of what I had ever going on in the world to kind of tap into what I was might have been going through, but he certainly had advice, which was was good. Um, as you know, growing up, you're always looking for devi- advice, but he uh, he never was tapping into any sort of conversation where we're really equals in, in that regard, and not necessarily we have to be equals, but just uh, yeah, I just just want to be more tuned in to my children. For sure. Absolutely. What about, what about you? If you could take like one positive thing from your parents and one negative thing from your parents, like what's one thing that you liked about them that you want to pass on to your kids and what's thing, one thing that you really did? Okay, so one thing that I would pass on is when I asked them to leave me alone, they left me alone. Mm-hmm. But I mean, my dad left me alone for my whole life, mm-hmm. so he doesn't count. But also... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mom is pretty good about, like, her barometer of, like, this is not the time, Mom. Mm-hmm. The time is later when I, I don't look at you with dagger eyes. Okay. So I'll pass those things on. But also talking to your child like they're another human slash adult, not a child, especially when they become teens. Because if you talk to your teen like they're a child, game over. For sure. Game over. Yeah, I, I, I have to say that was like, that's, I think I've talked about this before, but that's what my mom and I, we used to literally want to kill each other. And um, I hate arguing. I hate fighting. I don't do it. I just, I'm over it. So uh, what I would do is I'd leave the house and go for a walk. And the thing is, we, we finally came up with this weird little way of <laughs> dealing with our, our anger. I would, we lived at the end of a cul-de-sac, so I would walk down the street to go on my walk. 
even if I just screamed at my mother, I hate her, I want her to die, I never want to see her again. I knew that wasn't true, but at that moment I had the dagger eyes, like you just you yeah. just mentioned. And I would get to the end of the street, and just before I turned the corner where I couldn't see the house anymore, I'd look back, and my mom would always be in the window, and she'd be holding up the sign language sign for I love you, and I'd do the same thing back. And that way we knew if I walked around the corner and got hit by a truck, the last thing I said was I love you to my mom, and she knew the same thing back. So even though we were still pissed as hell to over the next 12 hours or two days or whatever, we still had that one little thing. And, and my parents were really good at that was just showing a little tiny bit of love, even though sometimes they really made me want to pull my hair out and run away. So uh, I have to give them credit for that. And that's something I want to pass on to my kids is those little things. Yeah. Well, you know, looking, trying to think a bit, a bit more about my dad too. I, as a teenager, since you talked about it, the, it's, uh, it's yeah. One of those things of knowing when to back off and, and not talk, to your teenager when they when they want their space and I guess because my dad gave me space I never really had that issue mm-hmm. with him and so maybe that's a blessing I don't even realize that he wasn't crowding my space either it's a fine it's a fine tightrope to to try and walk as a parent I'm sure with uh with us well I got, I got grounded for breathing yeah like I would get grounded literally for not doing the dishes on time which mm-hmm. means I wasn't off grounding until Friday I'd go out Friday with my friends, I'd miss curfew by three minutes, and I'd be back on grounding, and that was it for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I actually had no space. Yeah. Like, I had no space. And you have to understand, like, I grew up in a home with a single parent who was handicapped and needed help, and I didn't want to give that help because I was trying to find me. Mm-hmm. And, like, all that stuff is just kind of like, please go away. I'm a teenager right now, and I have my own shit to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, your shit? Your problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think one of one of the things that I wish I had known as a teenager was that my parents were humans, too. I, I don't know. I, maybe growing up, I just thought, oh, they're my parents. They know everything. They're perfect. And then when I realized that they didn't know everything, they screwed up all the time. They made a lot of mistakes because, let me tell you, I caught them in some of them. That's when I started to actually respect my parents more and just shut up and bite my tongue when they did discipline me in a way I didn't see it. Uh, we got to go to commercial break. I can't believe we've already passed 45 minutes. <laughs> it's been good. Uh, again, our phone number, one eight five five eight six six teen. Reach out to us on Facebook at Global Teen Wealth, on Instagram at Teen Wealth, or you can uh, tweet to us at Teen Wealth Radio, and we'll be back shortly to wrap this sucker up. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. 
Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with host Thomas Rosenberg. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as Thomas speaks with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com Now, back to this week's show. Man, I, you know, I wish uh, some of you could drop into our in-between segments when we really rant, when we, because uh, let me tell you, the people that are on this radio show, uh, we've got some stories. Uh, we've got some times when we hate our parents and our teen years and all that kind of stuff. And I, I there's certain things that we cannot say on the radio, but uh, maybe we just should, because... <laughs> But, I mean, whatever, whoever's listening and whatever you're struggling with, I I can tell you some of the people in this room that are sharing some of our stories, we've been through exactly what you're going through. Um, I was just mentioning how my parents, with all their struggles, my mom went through a horrible um, upbringing uh, with her father, who's never been in her life since she was a young girl because of all the horrible things. She'll never come on and talk about it, and it it sucks. I really want her to, Um, and she won't probably come on and talk about my brother who's struggled with depression, threats, and anxiety since he was young and, and who has struggled so much with depression uh, that he's considered an attempt at taking his life many times as a teenager because it just guts them too much. Um, but, but all the people sitting here, we, we were just kind of howling about some of our shittiest moments that we've, that we've had because uh, we're, we're people too and we've gone through the same things that you might be going through at home. And so if you feel like nobody understands, that's, I, I can tell you that's how a lot of us felt and um, um, we do. <laughs> and and time, time does make things a bit better. And as soon as you're an adult, if you're in a dangerous situation, you can get out. But if you're in a very dangerous situation as a kid, there's people that you can turn to. There's uh, hotlines and things that you can call. You can talk to your counselors. You can talk to another parent. Uh, yeah, I'm just, we're just howling over. Do you want to tell you? I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, maybe one day we'll be able to open up about some of the worst things that we've, uh, that we've gone through. But um, I don't know. I just, I mean, we've talked about a lot of topics over the last 45 minutes, and we only have about, I don't know, eight, eight or nine minutes left. Uh, I personally have, oh, nine minutes. There we go. Thanks. <laughs> That's our uh, Thanks, technician. A-Rod. Thanks, A-Rod. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I've, I come up with a rule that I, I live by, and it helps me get through a lot of things. And it's a really weird rule, but it's my .0001 rule. Um, every time I'm frustrated, sad, sticking my head in a pillow and sobbing for days, not understanding the world, considering bad things, destructive behaviors, I think of my 0.001% rule. And I realize that if I recognize that the world is a big place and the universe we don't understand, we've been studying the human brain and the stars and the sun and where we came from, and there's so many different theories and nobody still knows the truth about anything. I mean, we think we might know, but we don't really. 
if, if I can realize that me personally only will ever understand 0.0001% of the things that are going on on Earth, and I'm okay with that, then when the bad shit does happen, it's like, eh, I don't understand it. I don't need to understand it. I'll just do what makes me happy, do what works for me in the moment. And and that rule has, has saved me. I just go, yeah, 99.999% of the things I don't get, and that's okay, and I just move on. And, and I don't know, it just makes my day easier when I'm struggling. Anyone else have a... <laughs> that, well, that makes so much sense of just even us having this talk here about all of us so that the listeners can get to know us. It's like, what is normal? Mm-hmm. None of the four of us here are, are normal. And hopefully that becomes apparent. And so, yeah, like when you're dealing with tough stuff, exactly, that's a great outlet and to, to do what, what makes you, you happy and to understand that you can probably talk to someone that's close to you because they're also not normal in dealing with something unusual and probably the empathy of listening to their story will help you understand your own story if you're open to empathy yeah i mean to be honest like if you're in that sitch Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. like it's fun to commiserate with friends but you still go home feeling alone yeah yeah so what do you do to deal with that when you're at home feeling alone um I turn to Hagen Doss. I turn to sleep. A lot of sleep, actually. I find that I need to kind of do nothing days until all of a sudden I wake up and there's some energy there. And I'm like, okay, grab this energy and go. Like, because yeah. it's, it's pretty depleting, actually, to yeah. not feel amazing. What do you call those days? Dirt days. Dirt days. Those are my dirt days. Dirt days. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Where I don't have to not wear pajamas where I don't have to talk to anybody who cares, where I don't have to do anything other than have you and look at me like, are you going to do anything today? No. No, I'm not. (laughs) I think that's a huge misconception. I have a lot of young people that talk to me and they go, oh, I'm depressed and I laid in bed all day and now I feel even worse about myself. I think people think that they need to accomplish things to feel better. We're trained to. We're trained, but we're trained to. When I have a shitty day, I eat. Tons of ice cream, watch all the crappy movies that make me cry, yeah. sob into a pillow for 24 hours, and I don't feel guilty about it because that's what I needed. I feel so guilty about my do-nothing days. Because his do-nothing days, though, means he hasn't exerted anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, I mean, he wrote his list. Don't get me wrong. Everyone, he wrote his list. He always has a list every morning. It's how he starts his day. But I can assure you that, like, as long as he writes his list, his day's already accomplished. Because I will tell you that 90% of the time, that list is not checked off. So for the rest of us that are comfortable with just, like, laying in the bed, having all the feelings we need to have for the day, and then, you know what? Take a nap. Take a nap in the middle of the day, wake up, and then actually go to bed an hour later for the night. Do that for two days if you have to, but on day three, you'll probably have enough energy to get up and start again. But we've already talked to this. This feels like it's totally contradicting all the exercise that we just told everyone to do in the first half of the show. Yeah, but you need the motivation to do it, and sometimes you just don't have that. I think what we're saying is it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to not want to get up and do something. It's okay to feel depressed because... Most of us have been there, whether it's because of some shitty situation at home or you just have depression and your brain chemicals are not telling you that the sky is blue today. I think, yes, you want to have goals and things that you're looking forward to and things that make you happy and, and, and go for a hike and put on your relationship shoes once in a while. But there's some days when you should be allowed to just fucking mope a little bit. 
can't believe I just said the F word on the radio. Yeah, I'm sorry, everyone. But I think he, I think I think we all just need we, we should be allowed. And I think young people feel guilty, and parents feel guilty, and they feel like they're lost to help their kids because their kids just want to sit in a room and listen to music that they don't agree with all day. But that's how we get past our things, and we all need some way to just release. It just turns back to time. It all leads back to time. We just need some time. There you go. Hey, Grant, do you want a chance to uh, get a word in on this segment? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess yeah, with I guess my... Quite. It's echoing, Christine. Uh, with my daughter, my wife would say sometimes, um, do you need some time to think um, and to spend alone rather than do all these things we had planned? And she might say yes. So it's just the communication of rather than assuming or, or just asking what would you really like to do right now? Um, and you don't have to do anything, right? Um, but whatever feels sort of productive for yourself, that, that's what the, the child or the adult should really do, whether it's doing nothing. Doing nothing could be actually more productive than doing something. That can be an accomplishment, I guess. Yes. Yeah, for a busy life. Mm-hmm. If you have a busy life to stop yeah. sometimes, are you kidding? Yeah. It's the most rewarding. Yeah, totally. Well, like we were talking about scheduling, if you, even if you just schedule nothing, schedule 30 seconds to sit in your room and do nothing, 30 minutes, three hours, a whole day. I, yeah, I think we all just need to do that. Wow, um, we passed a whole hour. That was, <laughs> um, I guess you can tell we're pretty passionate about this. Um, we were worried we couldn't fill an hour just talking about some of our personal stuff, but I guess we can. And uh, if you're out there listening and you just want to have an opinion, uh, feel free because <laughs> we clearly have opinions and we're clearly passionate about what we're talking about. And we've all been somewhere that's not happy. And, and we've figured out that time, I guess, is the theme of this show, that uh, time does help you overcome certain things. Time heals all wounds, whatever that old saying is. It's been interesting. Thank you guys uh, for joining so much. I, I love this. Grant, thanks for coming in all the way from Penticton. I hope you're, oh, you're welcome. Uh, not getting too smoked out with all the fires we got right now. And uh, for my favorite engaged couple, <laughs> you're both hilarious. And uh, I've enjoyed this very much. And I hope we can get uh, Bronwyn back here. So you and you just keep doing your thing. And I am clearly, I'm currently staring at Ewan's list. Uh, make a list if it works for you. Don't make a list if it doesn't work for you. Just know that you're okay, whatever you're doing. And uh, we'll see you again same time next week. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show.